Our reading for today is taken from the book of Psalm 108. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awaken, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. And I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is higher than the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. Give victory with your right hand and answer me, so that, that those who, who you love may be rescued. God has promised in his sanctuary, with, with exultation I will divide up Shechem, and portion out of the out the veil of Succoth. Jalid is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my wash basin. On Edom I hurl my shoe, over Philist Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go out, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for human help is worthless. With God we shall do, we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread, tread down our foes. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thanks, Isaac. Psalm 108. Not an easy psalm to read. So last week we started with a series on the valleys of life, using the valley as a metaphor of traveling with God in our faith pilgrimage. And we began with the beautiful psalm, Psalm 23, which is uh, Christ with us in the valley of challenge, the valley of shadows, the valley of death even, uh, God with us in those hard times. So, you know, we definitely experience those hard times, don't we? And God is with us in those times. But we also know that God is with us in the in the times of provision and help and strength. And so as a, an opposite, a contrast, we're looking today at Psalm 108, and we'll see the reference there to Shechem and to Sukkoth, particularly the valley of Sukkoth. And um, those are valleys in the middle of Israel that are beautiful, that are fertile, that are valleys of abundance, so God with us in the valley of Sukkoth. We'll have a map of that, and we'll take a look at that. So God with us in those times as well, tough times, good times. And what makes this interesting, this psalm, is, as I mentioned at the top when we were singing the songs, there are two other psalms, Psalm um, 57 and 60, that are very closely related to this Psalm 108. And in Psalm 57, we are given the, the context for this psalm. 
And the context, if you check that out in the inscription at the top, is David in a cave when he is hiding from King Saul. This is before David is king, just a young lad, teenager. And he's hiding from Saul who wants to kill him. And he's hiding at the back of a cave. And it's in that context that David writes this psalm. So it's interesting that we have this psalm of victory, but it's in the midst of a challenging time. And in fact, I have the statement from 1 Samuel 20, verse 3, where David says, there is but a step between me and death because Saul is chasing him. There is but a step between me and death. So I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations, maybe not death, death, but you know, you are in a very precarious edge and it can go either way. And you are in that point. And in that point, we call out to God, there is but a step between success and failure here, man, and I just need you to be with me. So that's, that's the context for Psalm 108, so it's kind of interesting. So we need to keep that in mind as we go through, um, go through the psalm. So we begin, verses 1 through 5, we just read it, but I'm going to read it again. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody, awake my soul, awake O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. And I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is higher than the heavens, we just sang it, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. What a beautiful statement. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. So the, the psalm begins, first of all, with this statement that there's a trust in God, and God is for us. God is for you. And with that in mind, David sings this psalm. He sings this statement of praise and goodness to God. So we start with a song of praise, first directed to God. So the, the name for God there is Elohim. My heart is steadfast, O God, O Elohim. And Elohim is God all-powerful, the mighty God, a trust in Him, God the creator of the entire universe, galaxies and galaxies and galaxies, this God. So that's where David begins, my heart is steadfast, and the word there for steadfast is steady. My heart is steady used twice there. My heart is steady because I trust in God in spite of Saul after me. He's not talking about some Pollyanna situation, right? Life is challenging here. But my heart is steady in you and your goodness to me. So much so, awake, O harp, I will awaken the dawn. City dwellers, it's tough for us to get up at dawn, right? Maybe see the sun, if sun coming up. Whenever we see that, it's pretty cool. I will awaken the dawn. Get up early and give praise to God. Rejoicing in God. I like a statement by C.S. Lewis. I want to stress what I think, 
that we, or at least I, need more. What does he need more? The joy and delight in God which meet us in the Psalms. That's what he says. I wish I had more joy, more delight. Lewis is writing as kind of a stuffy Anglican. You know what I mean? That's what he calls himself. Anglicans aren't all stuffy, by the way. My brother goes to an Anglican church down in Elmhurst. And by the way, a tropical storm went right through there yesterday, right? A hurricane shifted into a tropical storm, went right over his place. He's out in the country a little bit. Wind, strong rain. But I was texting back and forth with him, and he says, oh, we're, we're hanging in there, man. This tropical storm with heavy winds going right across. Giving praise to God, thanking God for his goodness. Can we delight in that? You know, can we actually smile in life, right? And not always be sad sack Christians. You know, I tell you something. When I was young, I had a musical group. And we sang at a lot of churches. Whenever we went to a Baptist church, I dreaded it, <laughs> quite honestly. Because whenever, I, and these were city, I never came here, but we went, to a, we went to a bunch of churches, Baptist churches, and they were always so sad. Everybody was so sad. We were trying to get people going a little bit. So what's with that? What's with that? I mean, you know, that's not every church, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, can we be happy in God in spite of challenging circumstances? You know, we've got to think about that. I mean, Lewis, this is a book on the Psalms that he wrote. He's reflecting on his life, and hey, we can be joyful because of who God is. Elohim, he, he is almighty. He is God, and he knows your name, and he knows my name. Praise him. And then the praise shifts to thanks. As Beth was saying, I will give thanks. The name for God here changes from Elohim to Yahweh. God is my saving God. God is God who is for me, gives me life and strength. To know God and give him a word of thanks, to live in gratitude, right? Can we be grateful? One commentator speaks of God, Yahweh, as the ultimate living reality behind all that we can see or touch. I think that's not a bad definition of God. The ultimate living reality behind all that we can see or touch. We are not just kind of here by accident, not just floating through the universe, through our galaxy, around the sun. But God is there for you. He is there for you. He is there for me. And we're invited to know him, to praise him, and to give him thanks, to rejoice in him. And then we have these verses that we've sung. There are two agents of God that are identified. And the two agents are God's steadfast love, which is that great word kessid, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, different translations use different words. For your steadfast love, verse 4, your kesed is higher than the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Two agents of God going out and doing their work. God's kesed, his mercy, and God's faithfulness. 
Maybe you saw it. There was a, an article came out this week, and it was a study. It was actually a clinical study, and they studied people who have had near-death uh, experiences. Did anybody see that one? It was a major article. CNN was running it. And they tracked a bunch of people who had near-life ex death experiences. And it was interesting, all of them, all of them, had a sense when they died of love and compassion and mercy and a sense of rest. All of them, all of them said that. And light, light and warmth and mercy. Wow. Well, you know, what all that says, it's just kind of cool, I think, that, that generally, that, I mean, in fact, all of the people studied, that, that was their experience. You know, it wasn't just Baptists, you know what I mean? It wasn't just, you know, Pentecostals, it was Anglicans, it was not even just Christians. Everybody had a sense of acceptance and belonging. God's mercy, God's faithfulness. Wow. If that's actually the way it is, isn't that kind of a good thing? Don't you think that's a good thing? I don't sound, you don't, you don't sound very convinced. <laughs> I would like that. Woo! I would like that, man. And, and you know what? And I would like that for all the people that I know. no matter who they are or what's happened or what they've done or what they call themselves, I would love if when they die, they have a sense of love and welcome and not fear. I wish, I really would love that. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. I would love that too, yes. Anyway, that's what the study showed. You check it out on CNN. I just, it was an interesting piece. God's mercy, God's kindness. And what does that lead to? It Well, it leads to this great statement of praise. Be exalted, O God. May your glory be over all the earth. So, you know, what this is talking about is not, not religion, right? It's not talking about our religious experience. It's talking about our relationship with God. You know, sometimes you'll hear songs, John Lennon's tune, Imagine. Imagine a world where there's faith and love, that's which is beautiful. But he goes on to say, imagine a world without no religion, because religion tends to divide. So he's going on that way. But our faith is not just a mere religion, right? Our faith is our relationship with the loving God who is there for you and for me. And that's what we are giving praise to, not, not our religion as such. It's true, religions can divide. But God is there for you and for me, and we rest in that. And that's what we want to encourage people. If we're giving a word of testimony, it's not about, will you join my camp? You know what I mean? Will you join my creed? It's, will you move into a relationship with God? And know him and love him and love him in Jesus. Will you do that? Will you experience that? It's a relationship. Anyway, that's where the song begins. I think it's kind of cool. 
He goes on now to the victory piece. Give victory with your right hand. Notice, right hand. Seems that God is right-handed, by the way. <laughs> if you're left-handed, sorry, all right? Beth, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> God is not right-handed, but it is interesting that it's always right hand. Right hand is a symbol of strength. Give victory with your right hand and answer me so that those whom you love may be rescued. God has promised in his sanctuary with exaltation, I will divide up Shechem and apportion out of the vale or valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my wash basin, on Edom I hurl my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. So those are old images. What's going on there when the psalmist says that? Victory and promise, verse 6. And then he gives examples of God's provision for all the 12 tribes, or not all of them, but that's the metaphor used here. So it's hard to see that map, but we're going to circle them. Just the names that come up there as we go. And that first one is Shechem on the left and Sukkoth on the right. And that, that straddles the river of Jordan. The river Jordan and the great fertile valley of the Jordan. Shechem on one side, Sukkoth on the other. These valleys of fertility and abundance, that's what David begins with. And then we have Gilead over there to the east. You can read about Gilead in the Old Testament, right? And then we have Manasseh, one of the tribes, again, that straddled that Jordan area. Then we have, what do we have there? We have Ephraim, which is the northern ten tribes. And then Judah, Jerusalem, where David was. And then at the bottom, even two countries that aren't part of Israel, Moab and then Edom. So what's the point going on there? The point is God is rehearsing for the people how he has given them the land. The text says, the land is mine. The earth is God's. You are stewards of it. We need to keep that in mind. We are stewards of God's world. And the division of the tribes of Israel and the land is an example of God's provision, that it all comes from his hand. It's interesting that in Deuteronomy, just as an aside, we're told that every seven years, you can go back and look at that. Where was that? Deuteronomy 31. Every seven years, the leaders were to rehearse the story of God's goodness and their provision of the land coming into the land. Every seven years. And the reason for it is, the writer writes, maybe Moses, because every generation needs to hear. And your children need to hear. Interesting, it picks on that. Your children need to hear the story because they haven't heard the story before. You've heard it. They haven't heard it. So every seven years, read the story of how we came into the land of God's goodness so that they hear it and they can own it and ponder it and make it their own, which is really what we're going on with the kids downstairs today. We can say, well, you know, we don't want to influence the kids. We want to wait till they're teens and they can make up their own mind. Well, you know, you can say that, but then they're starting from nothing. 
Or you can teach them to look at the Scriptures, to hear it, and give them a bit of a foundation to go. And I would say that's really what we're called to do, and that's what Moses is doing. You're giving them a good gift that they might have some sort of introduction to this great goodness of God and His faithfulness and His mercy. I think that's a good thing. You know what it's like when you're a teen. Man, you are bombarded with all kinds of stuff. If I didn't know the faith story when I was a teen, I have no idea where I would have gone. I have no idea. Man, my Irish roots are deep in there. (laughs) Very wild. That's, That's the wildness of the Irish, man. They're crazy people. If I hadn't had firm foundation, I don't know where I would have gone. Man, Belfast in those days, if I'd have been lived there, man, who knows? Would have been right in there, either with the IRA or the Orangemen, shooting up. But God provided. I mean, God's, my, my, my parents, just regular folk, in their own way, helped establish some sort of foundation for me that I could move on from with that. It's a good thing. Anyway, you go back and look at Deuteronomy 31. Every seven years, tell them. And the idea here, God, we could call God as a warrior God. Dividing up the land and giving gifts. The valleys of Shechem and Sukkoth. What is interested here is Sukkoth. There's a big festival in the fall, which we will have soon in the Jewish calendar. The festival of Sukkoth is based on that valley and the story of Jacob and Esau being reconciled together. Remember that? Jacob swindles Esau out of his birthright. His mom tells him, you got to get out of here because your brother's going to kill you. So he goes to a foreign land, ends up meeting Rachel. But there comes a day when they reconnect. And Jacob is very worried about how this is going to go down. And he gets all kinds of gifts to go up front, so that Esau sees all these gifts coming. And somehow that assuages the challenge and they come together. There's reconciliation. Well, that happens. That very story happens in Sukkoth, Shechem, Sukkoth. That's where that story happened. So all of this is a rehearsal. You see what I mean? That's a rehearsal of God's goodness. That's where David is going. He's thinking back how God has provided. So if he's provided then maybe he'll provide for me sitting in the back of a cave and help me out here. And he had confidence in that. So that's the second piece. But there's a twist, and it moves on to the third piece. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us? Goes on. Oh, grant us help, he prays, for human help is worthless. With God we shall do valiantly. So what's going on there? The generals of David are not so convinced later. When they, they hear the news, okay, God's going to give all this stuff for us. You can imagine, they're wondering, well, how is that going to happen? Because all these enemies are pretty darn strong. In fact, one of them is Petra. Edom is the fortified city of Petra. 
So you can imagine, I don't know, some people here have been to Petra. It's now in Jordan. And it looks just like that. There's this massive facade cut right into the rock. It's, it's huge. And to get into that, you have to go through a tiny little channel in the rocks. It was guarded, protected, crazy amount. And the generals are saying, well, how are we going to overtake Edom and Moab when they are some of that? They're thinking, I don't know. We don't have the confidence that David sang about years ago. And the point of that, which is important, is that there's a gap. Often there is a gap. There's a gap between God's promises and kingdom, his heavenly kingdom, and our present reality. There's often a gap there. God is faithful. God is steadfast. God is loving. God provides. But in the moment, you can be wondering, how am I going to pay my bills this week? Isn't that true? Yeah, that's great, but you know what? My wife is very sick. Or my kids are sick. And so we have the promise... But there seems to be a gap between the promise and my reality, actual reality in the moment. And that's what's going on in this story. God will do all this. And the generals are thinking, yeah, but how are we actually going to pull that off? Ukrainians, we want our land back. Great, great idea. How are we going to boot the Russians out here? There's a difference between an idea and making it happen. So us in the gap, us in the gap, you in the gap, our church in the gap. Want to build this big project next door? We want that, right? We believe that's God's direction. But in the midst, there can be a gap. Does Metrolinx want to play ball? They want a challenge. Like There can be a gap, and there are gaps. So, but the, the reality in that is we are called to go forward in faith in the foggy season, the fog of chaos. Can I have faith? Can you have faith in the midst of the gap? And then the faith leads us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just prayed that. Your will be done. So it drives us to prayer. And then ultimately from there, we are called to live in hope. So there's these three that go together. Faith, hope, faith, prayer, and hope. Faith, prayer, and hope. In the midst of the gap. I don't know, does that make sense? Faith, prayer, hope. Keep the relationship strong in the midst of the gap. Because we have a choice there. We can either keep following God in the gap or we can turn away and be uptight and angry and bitter and whatever else. We don't like the gap and we go the other way. It's happened before. Will I remain strong in the midst of the gap? Will I have faith? Will I keep praying? Will I hang on to hope? That's where the psalmist is. So we conclude, while one, we are invited to carry on in praise and thanks, to live our lives in gratitude. The fall is such a beautiful time here, and 
Ontario, don't you think? Calling and changing leaves soon to be grateful for all of God's goodness, to praise and to give thanks. Praise God for who He is, to give thanks for what He's done. Secondly, we are to hold on to the promises of God. We have to, we're invited anyway, we don't have to, we're invited to hold on to the promises as a guarantee ultimately of fulfillment. Will we go forward in hope? We have the promises of God. You have the promise of the resurrection in Christ. Imagine that. You and I have the promise of that. That we will live eternally in Christ. Because Christ was raised, we will be raised. The whole Easter story. That's the promise. So will we claim that and go forward in faith? Will I trust that I will be received in light and compassion and mercy and even beyond that because of the resurrection of Christ? Because the promises are just seeds, right? They're seeds. You have to claim the promise. I have to claim the promise. If you don't, they're just words on paper. And then ultimately, and which is all of the Psalms, invite us to look to Jesus ultimately. David is king. And out of David's seed comes what? Comes the Messiah. And the Messiah is Christ. And so the greater David, if you like, is always Jesus. Jesus is the greater David. Jesus is the Son of God. The shepherd, saving king. The Messiah. And because of him, we go forward in faith and hope and love. That's what we're invited in this psalm. So there's a lot of goodness here. There's a lot of victory if we'll have the faith to claim the victory. Live the victorious life. Beth comes from the Christian Missionary Alliance. And one of the big themes in the Alliance was claiming, A.B. Simpson, Tozer, claim the victorious life. Isn't that true? Claim the victorious life. That was a big theme in the Christian Missionary Alliance, and I would imagine still is. Claim the victorious life. Why? Because we have victory in Christ. So we can learn all from one another, right? We can learn, hold that, be victorious life. Not because we're strong in ourselves, because of Christ. But we have to claim that. Live that. That's our invitation here. Psalm 108. In Christ's name, amen.